This is the Investor Experience Series uh, with ARC and today with Cornerstone. And uh, our headline for today is, uh, what does a complete solution look like at an affordable price? Um, we're talking about fund services. Nick, um, would you do us the honor of introducing yourself to, uh, to our participants? Sure. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me on. So uh, my name is Nick Broker. I'm managing director here at Cornerstone Fund Services. Uh, as a company, we've been around for about ten years. Uh, we were founded by Ryan Davis, who was the CFO for a VC fund for fifteen years prior to that, and so he kind of stepped away and started his own firm. Um, since then, we've partnered with Standish Management. Uh, they've become majority owner of us, and so you know, um, have kind of really uh, gotten deep into the VC fund admin space in just the, the short 10 years since we've been around. Uh, personally, you know, I spent my career in accounting, uh, you know, um, mostly in the private sector. Um, so I've seen a lot more of the operational stuff that, uh, you know, type of clients that are, are, you know, type of companies that our clients invest in. Uh, and so now we're here on the fund service side, you know, trying to take care of our clients, which is a lot of fun for me because, when you get to do accounting and, and customer service, it's a little more exciting than um, just simple bank reconciliations when you're a cog in the wheel of a, of a, of a company. Um, and so that's kind of one thing that I and a lot of our staff here really enjoy about accounting for VC funds is, uh, you know, um, it's, it's a little more exciting um, and get to see what our investors and our clients uh, uh, are investing in. So. Um, you know, we, we are now around 75, 80 employees. Uh, we're looking to continue to grow. And like I say, we're part of the Standish management team as well. So jointly with them, we're, we're both looking to, to grow and expand as, as much as possible. And, you know, we'll kind of get into it, but, um, you know, I've been here at Cornerstone for seven years and the changes I've seen in the VC space from when I joined seven years ago to now, it's, it's a totally different industry in terms of, you know, fund admin and, servicing uh, GPs and so forth. So it's been exciting to watch that and it's definitely gonna continue to evolve. Well, maybe we jump straight into that. Um, what, what have you seen lately that has been headlines of, uh, and people on this call have you know seen interest rates and concerns about banks and um, slow fundraising cycles. What, what are the pressures on uh, both the GP and the fund services um, side right now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a tough market, uh, what we're seeing, you know, with GPs doing the, the fundraising, um, you know, it's definitely much more of a challenge. Uh, you know, uh, you, almost, you felt like almost anyone could raise a fund a few years ago, and now there's a bit more of an effort, but there's also more competition among GPs in terms of uh, providing a product to, you know, to their investors. Um, and that's what we've seen change a lot over the seven years is seven years ago was emails, you know, you email a, a capital account statement, you email K1s, you know, you password protect them, uh, you know, you make sure you have the right emails. Um, but then if an investor needs, you know, a statement from two years ago, they, they don't want to dig in their emails, they reach out to us. And so a lot of information would get passed around that way. Um, and the experience was, you know, just more cumbersome. Uh, for not just the GPs, but the investors. And so, you know, the technology has really changed everything for the investors, um, you know, because they're dealing with, you know, they're, they're trying to invest in great companies and get a great return for, for the investors. Last thing they want to worry about is doing an email search from two years ago to find a K1. So before we started, 
you had a wonderful uh, sort of distillation of what it is the product, what is the product, what is the deliverable in the VC space in particular. Yeah. Could you share that with us? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're, we work for the clients, for the GPs, and we communicate to the investors um, as much as the GPs want us to. And so we see, you know, what, what the investors want, what they need from GPs. And obviously, you know, the whole point is distributions, is returns, right? They invest, they want, they want cash back. But VC funds, right, they last 10 years and they might not get a distribution until year seven. Or even if they get one in year three, they've got still seven more years of potential distributions. So the product for the GPs is a great return on the investment, obviously. But during those 10 years, when they can't do distributions, their, their real product is the reporting. You know, is what's the valuation? Uh, what are the metrics? What are the returns? Uh, the K-1s are obviously highly desirable for investors each year, right? They need to know that information. And so we are right in the mix, um, even though we don't impact distributions and the fund performance, we're right in the mix of the product that the GPs give to the investors. So our goal is to make sure that the GPs can give the investors the best product possible for their, their business until there's actual distributions. So um, again, when we, we spoke earlier, um, and I, I, I hear your point about for a while it's been emails, so the product or, yeah. or evidence of the product uh, of, of the reporting is uh, in emails and, the, and how that's um, confounding. Um, so when I asked you about this before, um, I was expecting you to sort of really lean into the technology, but you were saying that in order to enable the investor experience, you focus um, really on enabling the people to be able to do that role? Yeah. yeah. So share more about that. Yeah, I mean, technology is great. Um, but you know, it's, it's still 2023. It's not, it, it doesn't do everything. Um, even tech companies, there's people behind the scenes servicing and creating the tech. So, you know, we're in a position now where we as accountants, um, still need to hire great accountants, great people to do great customer service, client service, interact with the investors, with the GPs and make sure that we're providing what the GPs want, uh, and need to give to their investors. Um, the nice thing for us is we don't have to email sensitive information anymore, right? And so what we've done over the years is we've, we've obviously seen and talked to all the tech partners out there um, in terms of portals, in terms of uh, ways to distribute information. Um, they're all designed a little bit differently. And what we try to do is pick the best ones so that one, our staff, our people have a great user experience so they can get a product into the tech that is is um, a good experience for them. So they want to work here, they want to be employed, they want, they're happy, they like working with the clients and the GPs. Um, and then the tech works. And so then the investors have a good experience because when the investors don't have a good experience, who do they call, right? The GPs and the accountants. So we want to make sure they're happy, they get the information they need. And so we, we try to provide our staff with everything they need, the tools um, to, to do their job the best that they can. So when you, you were saying um, this kind of work is, has been exciting. And I think you were saying uh, the customer service that I hear or the client service is yeah. part of what makes it exciting. Um, yeah. So, and, and this reminds me of um, Russ Laraway, uh, Chief People Officer at Good, Goodwater Capital, who wrote the book, uh, When They Win, You Win. And he said, uh, the one thing every single one of us has in common at work regardless of the industry, is that we want to be successful 
So is that where Cornerstone is aiming and what Cornerstone is trying to unlock at the GP level, or am I over? Yeah. Uh, you know, my, and this is bigger than Cornerstone, but my philosophy in life is just when, when everyone can win, you know, it's a great experience all around. And that's what you want to search for in life in general, not to get too broad, but you know, we're all individuals and we're all looking to have good experiences in life. And so when you simplify that to the business of, of Cornerstone and our funds and the investors, right, they all want wins. We want wins. They want wins, right? We're, we're accountants. We're not investors. We kind of chose our path because this is kind of what we like, right? We like to live in our, our little safe, safe box, but we love to win. And we love it when our clients win and the investors win. And it's a great experience for everybody. So you know, we're also nerds, right? We love the office. So the Michael Scott, it's a win, win, win. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how we roll. And I've been, Bill's been off to the side for a second. Before we turn to Bill, I, I did want to ask, um, and this might um, set up some questions I wanted to ask Bill, but can you give us some examples of, um, either processes or workflows or systems that you put in place that, if I'm hearing correctly, allow both the client team and your own team to sort of see and experience success and feel like they're making a progress or impact? Yeah, um, I won't get super detailed, but I can tell you how we operate in the flow, our workbooks, um, the accounting procedures you know, that we do nowadays is extremely different than what we did seven years ago. Um, you know, our, our worksheets, our models, um, the tech we use, um, the reviews, the processes, um, one, you know, we're a bigger company now, so we can have a lot more levels of review and support internally. Um, you know, when I came on, I was the 10th, uh, 10th hire here at the firm. And so you have less resources to do reviews. And so obviously we have a lot more resources, a lot more reviews, checks and balances, but the tech, uh, the workbooks that we've we've kind of created in house have a lot more reviews, checks, processes, procedures. We try to create efficiencies across the firm, so that when we work with other portals and other technology as well, um, any one member can jump to a different team and uh, jump in. So if we have a staff that you know takes a vacation or gets sick or needs some time, um, you know our goal is to be able to continue to service the client without disruption in services um, and not be dependent on one person. Um, you know, taking, taking some time off. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely involved our entire process procedure uh, protocol in house and, and we'll continue to as well. So. That's, so Bill, um, given, and we haven't talked about Cornerstone's concentration in, in the VC environment, but you know, Cornerstone has an amazing reputation um, and uh, those those workbooks. That, that's kind of what I wanted to, uh, to surface. Is um, excellent organizations tend to have workflows and processes that people can step up into. Um, can you tell us about the portal and um, where investor meets LP, you know, digitally, and what role that could potentially play or should play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And as Nick said, I. Um, the industry kind of historically has has maybe lagged the the broader tech industry on um, adoption of you know modern technology. I started in fund admin uh, about eleven years ago, and uh, the tech we were using a lot of email, kind of you know esoteric systems. Um, everything looked and felt ancient. And um, you know, just as a um, kind of anecdote, I was um, on Sand Hill Road very early in my uh, career. 
And we were talking to a kind of household name, uh, Big VC, and I was sitting there looking at uh, the wall with all the logos they had invested in and all these, you know, major tech companies and everything. Um, and I looked at the tech that, that you know, we had available in, in the industry to, to go report to their LPs. And it was just basic PDF, right? It's, it's kind of static, you know, not very pretty PDF. This is how you're getting your information. Um, about these, you know, great companies that that the GP you're working with is investing in, and and it kind of struck me as is, um, you know, a, a little bit of a juxtaposition there. Um, so when we started Arc, um, and what we kind of envisioned for our LP portal is a um, a dynamic, a live view for the LP into the fund and and some of those investments that they're making, um, and really a, a hub of information for the LP. Um, and then backending that is um, all the operational processes, all the workflows that um, you know either back office of the GP or a fund admin like Cornerstone is using to deliver that information to the LP in near real time um, and also to the GP. So kind of a, a system of truth that um, looks across the entire partner's capital account and portfolio um, that any constituency can access um, at any time, whether it be the LP, the GP, um, and putting that information, storing it in the same place, being um, the, the the point of record, but being a new system, you know, that's click through, that's configurable. Um, we like to say a, a few things at, at ARC, we're um, built by CFOs for CFOs, so we understand those workflows, and we enable um, the the accountants to get that information out to the investors um, in, a, in a very seamless way. Um, and we're also fit for purpose technology. So we're built for VC, we're built for private equity, we're built for this industry. Um, we're configurable around the the norms and, and the reporting styles of the industry. Um, you know, it's not, um, you know, some big system that's kind of square peg round hole. Um, and because we've done all this, it's um, just a much more seamless experience, modern experience, um, and, and really lets the LP interact with the fund in, in a very fit for purpose, purpose way. Um, and um, you know, we don't see that a lot in the industry. Um, if you look across the other portals and, and presenting that information to the to the LPs, I wanted to ask more about that configuration <clears throat> because um, when I first encountered um, Arc, um, it uh, I at least was thinking of it mostly as <clears throat> I can get it started really quickly and it can look um, um, as I want um, uh, LPs to you know see me as a GP if I were a GP. Um, but hearing, um, what, um, what, what, what Nick is saying, um, it seems like processes in these workbooks, one, they, they're stable so that you can come to it and everybody's seeing the same thing, but I'm anticipating that they iterate over time or individual GPs end up developing their own sort of style and best practices and efficiencies. So is configuration something you do at the beginning or are you seeing users um, use that configuration as a way of after they've tested something new, um, building it into the into the into the portal of the investor experience? Certainly both. There's configuration at the very beginning. Um, and then it's it's an iterative process after that. Um, so, you know, for example, a, a fund may come on and um, you know, something something as simple as not having any transfers in. Um, or out for an LP, um, they may not configure that into their system up front, but it's very easy to add something like that. Uh, when it comes to our backend workbooks and workflows, um, the way we build the system is it's um, it's a roll forward process that allows changes to happen, be verified, be reviewed, be locked down, and then 
as it goes forward, it builds on itself, builds on itself. So it, it's it's really a system that has the full audit trail that's easy to use to configure, um, but something that you can you can easily um, configure and change going forward um, as you you know run through new situations with the fund um, or you know have any special situations. Um, it's it's easy and it's um, um, it's on a go forward basis. So um, how easy is it? Because I think um, if if we don't have you know many technologists on the team, or um, do you need an implementation consultant potentially, or do you? Um, I mean. If technology companies are trying to uh, go in the same direction that Cornerstone is going, which is I, I kind of want a response fairly quickly, and if I need something, I need it fairly quickly. So how do you make configurability actually work in practice mm -hmm. after installation? Yeah, and that's a big part of delivering the investor experience. Um, if a GP or an LP requests something, being able to then look at your systems, how you're doing it, and, and make changes um, happen very quickly near real time. Um, is important to us, and, and that's how uh, Nick and his team deliver um, an exceptional experience to their clients and, and, and those clients' investors. Um, so what we did is uh, most of our configuration in the system is what you see is what you get. Um, you never have to you know, call a coder in another country that doesn't really know fund accounting. Yeah. They do it this way. Um, on our workflows, I think the simplest um, uh, anecdote is it's Excel-like. You can use Excel functions within our platform and every fund accountant understands Excel. So when we looked at the systems that were available, um, you know, previous to us starting ARC, you'd have to learn an enterprise class general ledger, or, you know, uh, there was a very high learning curve. There was a, a black box somewhere that you said, how does that really work behind the scenes? Do I have to kind of shadow this with an Excel workbook? Because that's what I understand. That's what my auditors understand. Um, so when we built ARC, we said, let's build in some of those um, Excel functions. Let's be able to export anything you're looking at to Excel with formulas attached and intact so that you can look at this and say, hey, I understand this because I know Excel, but it's controlled. Um, you know, I can roll this forward without a bunch of copy and paste, anything like that. Um, so, you know, kind of the, the short answer to your question is um, you can use you can use Excel just like you would Excel in our platform, but it's it's within the workflow that we've built. Um, and that's very easy for fund admins. And again, that just allows Nick and his team to turn around and deliver it to their clients and, and, and the LPs in a, a very fast, efficient way that they know and understand kind of um, intuitively. So I wanted to, on that point, come back, Nick, to you um, and some of what we touched on at the beginning of the conversation, which is um, the current environment. Um, and you mentioned um, PDFs, for instance, um, and um, part of me wants to to feel that sometimes uh, inaccessibility could be a sign of prestige. Is that is that changing um, in terms of um, from 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 what you're seeing um, LPs in this current environment? I know there's been uh, a lot of markdowns, for instance, out there. Um, where where is the investor experience right now? Where where is it? I know each GP can be different, but where where does it where is it living between you know email PDF you know video conferencing calls portals uh, where are you seeing things heading and what's the what's the mix? Uh, you know, technology um, is kind of the main um, the main direction, but that's I know that's a, a kind of a big, easy, vague answer, but 
Um, the reality is, is everyone says technology, everyone says they're creating this great experience, right? And so we're all seeing video conferencing capabilities. So we're, we're able to talk to our LPs and our GPs, you know, that are spread out throughout the entire world and have these face-to-face -face conversations much more because of technology, right? But is it FaceTime? Is it Zoom? Is it Teams? Is it, you know, you, we've got all these different ways to do that. And the portals are kind of the same experience for us is, you know, over the years, we've seen all the portals out there. We've seen everything get designed. And that's that's where our investors, the investors need to have a great experience is they live in the portal. Um, the portal is fed by the GP and, and us in, in, in accounting. So they need to get away from and want to get away from an email with a PDF. But exactly what does it look like? That's what's tricky. And, and what we've seen over the years, and, and we work with more than more than ARC, right? We've, we've worked with you know, because if a client comes to us and needs a certain portal or has a certain opinion or preference, right, our job is to, to take care of them. But that's what gives us the great kind of broad depth in terms of the technology that is out there. You know, we also see what our competitors use, what everyone uses. And, you know, it's always a pitch. It's always, hey, this is great because of this. But, you know, we see portals that are designed for GPs in mind, and they don't really work well for us or the investor. We see portals that are flashy and pretty for investors but difficult for us to use, so difficult for us to get the data there. Uh, and the GPs are only doing it because it looks flashy for investors. And so one thing that ARC's doing, which is great, is as they've continued to evolve, is they're looking at the GPs, the investors, and the accountants. Um, because if we have a great experience, uh, again, to what we talked to earlier, we can get the data there. And if it looks great for the investors and they enjoy it, well, the data is also correct, which is which is great. So um you know that's kind of i in my opinion the the ultimate is when the gps the investors and the accountants who all have a different goal with the portal use it differently can all have a, a great fun user experience and, and to bill's point where it's, it's similar to excel it's easy for us to just train and get up to speed in that where we've seen other portals where you know you can forget about excel and you have to learn how this massive box that wasn't designed for VC works. Um, and so that's, in my opinion, that's the, that's the ultimate. If you can get a product that, that works well for the GP account and, and the investor, you can get into this more real-time, accurate um, information that's, that's a good user experience. So then between, I guess, the both of you, because I feel like I'm hearing something of a Goldilocks story, which is, um, you you want to be able to be flexible and uh, allow an investor experience um, that is not too fixed and frozen. But on the other hand, um, um, you don't want systems that that um, that turn things into a mess. And so it seems like configurability is um, be configurable enough, uh, but. For instance, with Cornerstone, I imagine that you have GPs that, that want things handled very differently. And so doing that across a common platform must mean striking a balance. And then the other Goldilocks scenario uh, is you have the GP, you have the investor, you have the fund services team. So, Bill, either on the technology side, how do you try to bring those different users together to refine the product or Nick on the um, on the user side? Uh, is there a particular counsel that you provide to Bill or insights you provide to Bill to sort of help um, iterate the product? 
Yeah, we we speak with um, all of our users, and those are those are the main user types there. And, and even within um, you know fund admin, you might have different levels of users um, that are you know kind of running and admining the system on Nick's side. You've got um, uh, you know staff users there who are inputting the data. Um, we look at the GP. We we talk to LPs all the time. Um, and we really look at them as uh, distinct but but connected user types and, and kind of personas, and try to create specific um, you know views and in in use paths uh, for for each of those uh, folks, and, and concentrate on on what they need for the common data set that underlies um, you know the whole the whole operation. So it's very important to us to understand those different users and you know build software. Uh, specifically, specifically for them on on the unified data set. Nick, anything to add on how you handle it from your side? Yeah, and it's funny because it sounds easy, you know, build and create a product that everyone can can enjoy, you know. But we we talk to clients, GPs who have years of experience. They're also investors in other funds. They're 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 investors, so they're they're on the user experience side as well. So, and then we get feedback from investors. So we hear, um, you know, it's, it's it's all very personal opinion based in terms of the, the experience. And so, you know, Bill's creating a product that, uh, you know, can make everyone happy, even if someone likes, you know, the things a little bit differently, he's he's trying to hone in and how to, you know, create the product that, can, that everyone will enjoy. And so when we talk to investors, we get all sorts of feedback from different things that they care about. And so we sit down and we say, hey, look, this is what we're hearing now. This is what people want to see. This is kind of the main common themes. Like we got to we got to get this this taken care of and buttoned down. Um, and, and again, um, because we've worked with art for years now, uh, we've been able to kind of see the evolution there and kind of that comfort where we can share, you know, our experience, the client's experience, the investor's experience with them and, and be honest and, and, and have that kind of those open conversations and and you know, arcs at a place now too, where they're they're really able to kind of take those steps. And just and to, to add on to that, to, to that Nick, and thank you. Um, one of the one of the places where I think a, a lot of um, you know legacy competitors in this space um, haven't done well historically is understanding the the back office, whether it be fund admin or a, a captive back office at a, a GP, their perspective and how that affects the the end user experience and the the investor experience. Um, in my experience, it's been a, a bit of an afterthought. You know, they're they're an accountant, they're sitting, you know, in a back office somewhere, you know, let them enter a journal entry and they can figure out the rest. We've got, you know, like we talked about earlier, a really fr flashy front end. It looks great for the GP. Um, you know, okay for the LP, they're just an investor, but it, 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 there's been systems out there that have focused on one part or the other, but a lot of times, um, especially on the fund admin side, the operational workflows have been neglected um, to a degree. And that's something for myself coming from fund admin, we had to understand, you know, very fundamentally from the beginning, how fund admins work, why it's a different constituency than uh, perhaps a cap to back um, office, um, and how we need to design workflows that work um, from a technical and operational perspective for GPs, LPs, and either in-house or, or outsourced accountants and, and kind of build that from the ground up. So we took the fund admin perspective um, and, and made sure we had a great system for fund admins because that would then affect the investor experience. So I think that's a, a great point you made. And, and with the feedback from all our fund admins, um, you know, I think we've got a, a great platform for, for you guys, LPs and GPs together. 
So I've got uh, three questions um, from participants. Um, we may not have time for all of them. So I'll start with um, uh, Nick. Uh, you mentioned accountants uh, liking safe boxes. Uh, do you have a recommendation for um, the most anticipated supercar of 2024? Uh, you know, the the Lamborghini New V12 um, Revolto, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a hot ticket item for sure. Um, talking supercars. So, yeah. If anybody who doesn't know, um, uh, get a chance to uh, get to know uh, Nick better. Uh, anybody who doesn't, uh, this man knows a ton about supercars and, uh, and, and the best that are out there. Uh, the second question, uh, speaking of uh, expertise, any resources that either of you would recommend um, for uh, the investor experience and, and, and understanding the investor experience today, either forums, uh, books, or um, news outlets? Um, I think private fund CFO has been great. They've got a lot of uh, information out there, um, as well as um, a couple of the um, conferences on the circuit have been, uh, you know, it's a it's small, it's a word about the industry. Um, so, you know, talking to other CFOs and uh, getting some of those conferences has been uh, uh, important from my perspective. Uh, I can't get to the last question without taking us over, and I want to respect everybody's time. Um, thank you, everybody, for uh, coming. Uh, Nick and Bill, thank you. And if anybody, um, so I will respond to the person um, with that uh, third question. And if anybody has uh, uh, further uh, questions, feedback, uh, we'd love to have it. And we'll see you on the next webcast. Stay tuned. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody.